Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today is a special guest by the name of Sherry Barch. And here is a bit about Sherry. Sherry Barch is the CEO of two Forbes-ranked top executive search firms and a leadership consulting company, an expert in the areas of leadership, team development, and diversity. Her forward-thinking approach to work was recognized when she was chosen to participate in the Alt-MBA program, designed and led by leadership guru Seth Godin. Born and raised in Northern Illinois, Sherry earned BA and MA degrees in communication from Western Illinois University. Sherry is married with three sons. As a mom, she described herself as a part-time pancreas for her two youngest sons who were both diagnosed with type 1 diabetes within the same year. Playing this role for that the, um, for the last 11 years, she is relentless about creating open and honest communication with her family about this chronic and life-threatening condition. Sherry's passion for storytelling and making room for serious and heavy conversations was a strong motivation for her to write her children's book, Heaven's Bell. Based on a story of the same name she penned several years prior, the story focuses on 11-year-old best friends Cody and Ashley and what happens when their once-in-a-lifetime friendship is threatened by personal tragedy. One of her goals for Heaven's Bell is to create and inspire a safe space for families to have a conversation about death and dying in a natural and productive way. So without further ado, please welcome Sherry Barch. Hello, and thank you for having me. My pleasure, Sherry, and thank you so much for being here today. And I definitely want to give the audience a chance to connect with you in a fun and personal way before we dive into Heaven's Bell. So there are two options you can pick from. One is an icebreaker, or we could do a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? The rapid fire. Okie dokie. We're playing rapid fire with Sherry and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question number one. If you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be? The birth of seeing my babies for the first time. <laughs> Question two. Favorite color? Blue. Ooh, yes. Question three. Dream car, dream home, or if you're like me, both. Both. Yes. yes. You can have it all. <laughs> yes. Yes. Question four. What is your favorite quote, saying, or mantra that inspires you if you're having a blue day? I love whatever you are, be a good one. And that's Abraham Lincoln. Question five. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be? Maya Angelou. Question six. 
you just want an all expense paid getaway anywhere in the world. Husband and kids can come too. However, they're not flying back to Illinois for some time because now the pilots have one on strike. So where are you headed? Oh, that's a great question. Um, someplace that I could explore that I've never been. Like, like I've never been to Australia. So maybe Australia where if I had to be stuck there for a while, I could go experience new things. Ooh. I've never seen a kangaroo or that'd be fun. Question seven. If you can recreate just one moment and live in that moment for a lifetime, what would that be? I don't know if there is one moment. I'm not sure. That's a stumper for me. I don't want to be just in one moment. <laughs> so let's, so we can pass on that one. I'll give you a okay. different question. All right. Okay. So this is an easy one. Okay. Coffee, tea, or what's your drink of choice? Coffee. The older I get, more coffee. Question eight. What is one crazy thing that you've done in your life that built character? <laughs> I try to I don't build character, but I, I try really hard to stay to stay courageous. So I did whitewater rafting in Alaska uh, about two years ago, and it took all the courage I had to go out there and do it. And it was a wonderful experience. So just oh. kind of pushing through my courage there. That's pretty cool. We haven't tried that yet. So <laughs> I may put that on the list. <laughs> Question nine. Here's a good one. If you could be a fly on the wall and listen into any conversation, what conversation are you listening into? That is a good question. Maybe how my children would describe what it was like to be raised in this family. Oh, Might be interested to see a different perspective than your own. <laughs> and question 10, it's our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? I want to ask you a question. So that's okay. Fair. Yeah, pass. Okay. So why did you start this podcast? Oh, I love this question. So I started it as a way to keep my dad's memory alive since I lost him in 2020. And what people don't know, um, unless they've been following the journey, is a lot of my beginning episodes were just me talking about grief and how I felt with losing my father and, you know, just the fact that I just wasn't happy with some of the people that were supporting me because they were saying cliche things that weren't really helpful when you lost a, a, a parent because you can't tell somebody I know how how you feel if you have both of your parents living because you don't know what it's like to lose a, a parent or you can't tell someone oh I know how you feel if you didn't lose a parent and then a week later you found out you were being laid off from your corporate job 
or just like different things. So I just said, why not talk in the mic? And then for those who are religious or spiritual like me, I had some really religious people. Oh, honey, he's in a better place. Or so Lord giveth and the Lord take it away. Or baby, sometimes we just don't know. But Jesus has a better plan. And I'm like, okay, these are things that you should really say to a grieving person because you just never know what mindset they're in or the mind frame. I would rather appreciate it if someone said, okay, is there anything that I could do for you? Or just ask the question or send a meal or just something along those lines or like, oh, would you like to get your nails done or something and take your mind off of it versus interjecting their feelings onto you. So every time I do a new episode, it's like a new token for my dad because he was very much involved in my life and you know him and my mom were married for 30 years and just to see the ups and downs and you know the strong family unit is just inspiring and all right I need a Kleenex you can't (laughs) I was I'm not ready for that that's that's wonderful well thank you I'm so proud to be part of this journey with you so thank thank you. you thank you And thank you for playing rapid fire, Sherry. And now I want to get into Heaven's Bell because I just know that it's just a beautiful story. And when I think about Heaven's Bell, like I just think about like a picture of heaven and then the bells, like the doors opening or something like that. Or I think about this one book I read, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Mm -hmm. And then people have said it reminded them of, of that book a little bit, just in kind of the casual way that it's written. So what um, prompted you to really write Heaven's Bell and how did you come up with the name? I just wish you had the book in front of you so you could hold it up. Do you have it close by? Oh, yay. Okay. Talk about the book and the cover. So the the reason why I wrote that I released it when I did is because of COVID. It was released at the end of 2020. I'm a first-time author. And I had a lot of barriers around wanting to write the story, but I had, I'm a storyteller. So I had verbally told the story and so many people came back and said, you need to share that story. I really enjoyed that story. And I had people wanting to hear it again. And so, but in 2020, when all of a sudden, you know, there were, the, there were no church services, there were no funerals. We couldn't even, we couldn't even be in the hospital to say goodbye to our loved ones, let alone visit our loved ones. And um, even just to hug people. I mean, there was just, it was so upsetting. And, and, and I just, I was beside myself. And so um, I just pushed through my fear and, you know, put the book out. I self-published. Um, there were actresses that were off Broadway because Broadway was shut down. And so I had one of them do a, um, uh, a voice actor, do a, an audible for it. And we were able to get it out the door. And um, so, and what started to happen is people started to read it, people started to review it, and people were signing the back of the book and sending it around to different family members and then sending it to the individual that was experiencing or the family that was experiencing a loss. So at least it was a way to be able to create that support and show their love and, and kind of have that common story that everyone could talk about just that platform to be able to say, I'm here, I'm listening, I'm connected with you. 
Mm, I love that. And then on the cover of the book, like it looks like a sunset. So like hold it up so I can really focus on the cover and describe the reason behind the cover because being an author too, it's like a cover can make or break a book, but then just the details in it. So I'm going to let you take it over. <laughs> sure, sure. So actually the, um, the whole team that helped me put the book out is all female. And this uh, Sabrina is a uh, first time author and uh, she was a senior in college at the time and she had just lost her, her uh, grandfather. And so she had some pictures in the book and it's a very easy read but like the, the pictures are very um, like sketched out. Oh, wow. Almost like if you're not old enough, but there's Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew where you kind of read, you see the quick picture and then you read the chapter. Mm, I do remember Nancy Drew, like the okay. detective. Right. So then you can kind of go back and look at the picture and she did a great job. Well, she said that she was trying to think about the cover and she said she just started thinking about her grandfather. And she said, all of a sudden, the bell just came to me. And the book is about hanging bells in heaven. And I can talk about that in a minute. But she said, so for me, it's what I would think maybe my grandfather would experience or what we hope people experience. So this beautiful, all these beautiful colors. And in the middle of this bell is a heart. And the heart has wing, the like feathers, almost like angel wings. Now, I never saw this before, but in my drawer for the last 30 years, as I work, I had this in my drawer and she Seriously? didn't know it. And she had no idea that that was in my drawer. And that's exactly what she put in the middle of the bell. Oh, wow. That is like some people would say coincidence, faith, or just being in the vein. <laughs> Yeah. So it was a, it was just, you know, it kept continuing the momentum. And, and um, so I thought she did a fantastic job. I didn't even touch the cover. She was one and done. And that was the book. That is amazing. And I like the pictures in the book because I don't know why I just love the color. It just makes me feel like I just want to color in the pictures, read and color. Yeah. Well, you're, I'm going to, let you know then that there's a, there's kind of a surprise that's happening and that is there's a journal that goes along now with heaven's bell that one side is for the writers and th there's writers out there but the other side the other page is completely blank with the prompts so you can draw you can tape you can glue but you're right there's that coloring that can happen because we all communicate differently our feelings and we all grieve differently like what you talked about mm -hmm. So very congratulations and I just I just love the cover and I'm just glad that you talked about it because I know the cover also has a powerful message behind the cover when you take time to really just sit in it and just marinate on it and ask those questions so that's amazing and how long did it take you to write the story Sherry? Well originally the story it's a very simple story to tell. You can tell even a three-year-old, you know, just to try to open up the conversation about um, a loved one that died, but to write it out, just the core story probably took about 10 minutes. Oh, but then wow. the entire book, you know, we, what we did is we developed a story around heaven's bell. So Cody and Ashley are 11 year old best friends. The very beginning of the story, Cody dies and goes to outer space 
So it's kind of how an 11 year old would describe heaven. And Ashley lives her life here on earth and she lives a long life. And, and there's a, so it's a, they're parallel universes. So the story tells a parallel universe. And then at the end of the story, they're reunited. And so it's a very joyful, it really is a joyful story. So many people have said to me, I'm scared to read the book. I don't want to be sad. So I, I bring them together with people that have read the book and said, no, you won't be sad. I promise you. Yes. Cody goes to heaven, but I promise you by the end of the book, you're going to find peace. And it's going to give you a way to think about your loved one in heaven. That is different than you've ever imagined. Even if you're spiritual and even if you have, you know, belief systems that you were raised with, that's okay because this is just a fictional story of Cody and Ashley and their friendship. And as you're talking about the story, you're lighting up, you're lighting up. And I could think about maybe, you know, some of those people in life who have experienced a NDE, so a near-death experience. And sometimes when they said, okay, like whether it was like, based on a surgery procedure and they were out under anesthesia and they said, oh, I just felt like I was in a place of peace or serenity or et cetera. And when they wake, wake back up, they tell some of their families, I didn't want to come back because mm -hmm. I was at peace. And so you talk about that near death experience or they tell them, this is what I saw. Like I saw, I saw Nana and Pop Pop yes. or I saw different people. And sometimes when you hear those things, like it just kind of sounds like crazy. And like when my dad had his um, surgery, neck surgery after being um, paralyzed from the waist down three days after being in the hospital, he said when he woke up, the doctor said, um, Mr. Earl, and he's like, yes, do you believe in Jesus or afterlife? And he's like, yeah, why? And I guess something happened in the um, OR room that I guess gave him some type of inclinations or whatnot. And um, my dad was telling me like, um, he knew that it wasn't his time, but then hindsight 2020, just looking back at how my dad passed after his second surgery, eight days later, he ends up passing away and he was found unresponsive in his um, hospital room. And I was like, mom, do you think that dad made his peace already with Jesus and that he was ready to go, but he just didn't want to tell us because his entire quality of life changed from when he walked into the hospital to being paralyzed from the waist down, given the wrong medication, just going through the different trials to coming home because he's like, I just want to be with my family. Then it was just so hard taking care of him at home when you don't have the right. bandwidth 24 seven and you are the medical team. You're everything whenever OT is not there or physical therapy, or we had to Hoyer lift him from yes. the bed. To, and I was like, do you wonder, because there are some people that say they have a sense that they're going to pass on, but they don't want to let their family know, but they have already made peace. So have you encountered any of those stories since the book has came out? I have had people talk about, I read the book and realized when I was done reading it, it was my mother's birthday. And I realized that I read the book and I wasn't telling stories about my mom to my children. And then all of a sudden I had this flood of memories. And I know that was her helping me be able to express those. And that is what the book talks about. So Cody, Cody is communicating with Ashley in what you would consider an 11-year-old way. 
and basically says to Ashley, keep going. I'm good. I'll see you when you get here. Take your time. And when Cody's in heaven, there's, the, there's a bell hanging day when you come to heaven. And so what you get to see are not only the people that have gone before you that you knew here on earth, but there's other relatives and generations that you've never even had the opportunity to meet that now those individuals can introduce you to. So it's a big party, there's cake, there's celebrations and the and your bell, you find your bell because you know your, your bell and the sound your bell makes. And in my original story, I said that when you think of loved ones, the your ring has its own unique sound to your loved one. So they know when you're thinking of them. Mm. And when you've got, when you've got kids that are younger, you know, it's, it's so untangible, right? Like, I don't know, what do you mean he's in a better place? Or what do you mean he's gone now? Or he's passed, you know, so we try to say he's dead, depending on your religious beliefs and how you want to process that, whether there's an afterlife, like what you're talking about. But then I would also just hand, hand him a bell. I had one young girl, probably kindergarten, first grade, and she was having nightmares. And, and I just said, hang this bell on your bedpost. And every time you see the bell, just think, think about your dad. And it really helped her process and think about her dad and know that her dad's bell was ringing in heaven. Wow. And like um, with you being a mom of three boys, and I know you are um, an advocate for diabetes, have the boys read the story and what are some of the feedbacks that they've given you from their vantage point? Yes. And I, well, I think um, my youngest, when he was diagnosed with diabetes, thought he was going to die because that's in the word. So he said, when am I going to die? I know I'm going to die because I have this disease called diabetes. And what it reminded me of is as, the, as a parent, we don't have to have all the answers. We just need to create safety and security around being able to express our feelings. And I think that's the same as friends or siblings or anyone, coworkers. You know, sometimes people just need to be, and especially with children, we we don't have to fill up the void with answers or direction. We can just say, yeah, I'm sad too. And I think in that moment, when, when we were talking about diabetes, never in a million years would I have thought die in diabetes, but because I wasn't talking and I was just being, he started sharing. So I think there's been some heavy conversations. It's a pretty bad chronic disease as a type one. And um, they were in first grade and fourth grade when they were diagnosed, first grade and fifth grade, and um, all in the same year, almost a year apart. And so we, we had to have some conversations around what that looks like and how their lives were going to change and, and um, what that meant. So difficult conversations are hard to have, whether it's death or chronic disease or anything else. Um, but boy, we could just use somebody that would listen and create space in their day or in their life for us to just be ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that your book is able to cater all audiences, no matter what age or what background or et cetera, but just having a conversation that is heavy, but doing it in a lighthearted manner. And I think by having the pictures in the book that all oh, also softens up the tone because some people could like visualize 
things versus just reading them. And then the fact that you have an audible too, they could just hear the book too. Yep. And they could listen together. If you've got a, you know, a five-year-old to a 95-year-old, you know, I think it's a story that then everyone can talk about afterwards and say, well, what did, what do you think? And it, it will prompt conversation, I promise. And what I'm seeing is a lot of people using it as a gift. You know, I mean, there's, there, yes, there's a meal and there's flowers and there's things. Yes. But um, it's, it's a, it's an opera. I mean, even for you to read it and say, here's a book I read, I think you would really enjoy. And, you know, maybe even telling a little bit about the story. Um, it's a family gift, I think. Um, and my hope again, is that it's a conversation starter and it starts to create that journey between grieving and healing. And I think they walk along together. I really do. Absolutely. Because as you're going through grief, no matter if it's the grief of a loved one, a friend, a pet, or even a job, everyone is in a different grief stage, but then you have to really take time to reflect on the grief stage that you're in, as well as the recovery process, because we're all grieving differently. And the way you grieve may be different than someone else, but it doesn't mean that there is a right or wrong way to grieve. But as long as you have like a tool that you can use to navigate, I think that will definitely help. Yes. Yes. And I think it's just, um, it's fiction. So, you know, there's nothing to debate. It's a story. And that might even prompt you to have your own heaven spell story. I even had one person that read that had a, a sister was dying and the sister that was dying read the story. And then the family read the story and they were able to talk about it before she died. Aww. And they said that, the, the feedback back to me on the story was now that, that, you know, cause they were talking about the story and making observations. And there's a, there's a, a peacefulness of, you know, where she is in heaven and where she's going to be hanging out and what she's doing up there. That is, he said, it's just a placement that helps me process. I love that. And I would like to see this book in more hospitals, like where people are getting ready to transition to hospice and they may not necessarily have a family member to come be with them while they're transitioning, but this book can help them as a conduit to a peaceful transition or maybe um, at some of the children's hospitals where children are going through certain things and they, they give them that percentage like, okay, there's a 50-50 chance that you may make it or you may not. And maybe just really have this book turn into a full-blown coloring book like take the That's stories and work with the illustrator like there's an illustrator that I have now in my community who writes children's books so if you want to uh, meet her or hear her story her name is Violet LeMay and she was on the podcast and she recently did a picture of one of the students whose life was taken innocently in the Uvalde, Texas shooting, which is not too far from me. And when I saw that, it was just so beautiful. I had to share it. And I feel like sometimes with the coloring, like it releases that inner kid because now there's adult coloring books, but me, yes. I'm like a big kid and I could sit there and color for hours with my nieces and nephews. And yes. I'm like so anal with coloring, Sherry. It's like, Mia, color in the lines, color in the lines. <laughs> you are right. Do it this way. Well, and I did reach out, by the way, just I did reach out and and said that I would um, donate books 
to the community. And I will do the same with journals because I, this is going to be a long road. And to your point about children's hospitals, you know, remember there's siblings involved, you know, so you hear a lot about siblings that lost a brother or a sister. So, you know, where is their healing and their opportunity to be able to express their feelings? And sometimes as a child or as an adolescent, we know as an adolescent when we're going to make a, a, an adult sad. So maybe we kind of bury our feelings because we don't want to add to the sadness. And this is a way for them to also be able to have some resources and some tools without maybe um, relying on the adult's courage or skills to start the conversation. But I did reach out and volunteer to, um, to donate books to that community. So hoping to hear back. That is amazing. And Sherry, as we begin to wind down before we jump into the call to action, is there anything else regarding storytelling or Heaven's Bell that you would like to share that I didn't ask you about? Uh, no, I think you did a great job. I would just ask that you have the courage to lean into getting the book and reading the book. And I think it will help not only you, uh, but people around you that might be experiencing the need to um, have space to communicate. Amazing. And now let's jump into the call to action. What is your call to action for the audience today? Um, <laughs> I said like have, have the courage, pick up the book, check out my website, go to Amazon, but in, have the courage have the courage to whitewater raft, have the courage to have those difficult conversations, uh, have the courage to create some silence and some space for people that may just need to be. Amazing. And Sherry, I want you to plug your website and where you primarily hang out on social media so the audience could connect with you. Great. So it's www.heavensbell.com. And um, I'm usually on Facebook. So you can look me up under Sherry Barch, author, and um, I'll be posting away and hopefully adding value to uh, our communities that need this story and need the opportunity to try to start their healing journey. Amazing. And thank you so much, Sherry, for coming on the podcast today and talking about Heaven's Bell and adding value to the community. Audience, all of Sherry's contact information will be in the show notes. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. And I want to thank each one of you for supporting the mission. Because of you, we're now ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com, which has all the metrics there. And for those of you interested in watching the video, you can find this video on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And don't forget to encourage somebody that may be going through their own grief journey, whether it's from the loss of a family member, a friend, a pet, or a job, and ask them, is there anything that I can do for you? Um, bring them a meal, offer to wash, wash their clothes or clean their house or something like that, but just sit with them and let them know. And Heaven's Bell would be a great discussion to have with them as well. That's a great gift. So until the next guest, next segment, I am signing out respectfully with Sherry. 
And if you're interested in supporting the mission and becoming a sponsor, you can find more info at genesisamarskemp.net. So until then, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing one. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.